0: welcome to the snap with alexis perry and sydney jones
1: it is post win wednesday here on the snap and we are so glad you're here for it i'm alexis perry and as always i am joined by my good friend and co-host sydney jones and today we are lucky enough to have the bright the bubbly the beautiful miss Romy being on the show Romy, thanks for hopping on
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be on. I've been following along and listening every week and I just keep being like, oh, I hope they call me and ask me to be on it. So I'm in the winter circle now too. Well,
1: we're 10 days out from Halloween and I know this time of year holds a special place in your heart. Halloween game, what was it? 2015? 16? 2016 2016 the day you captured broncos country's collective heart cheering on that sideline in a t-rex costume what were you
0: thinking you know i don't know that was the best moment ever honestly i can't i still can't believe that uh so shauna's the director of cheerleaders shelly's the choreographer i can't believe that they let it happen shauna was like shauna's a little bit funny like me and she was like yeah totally but Shelly was not really keen on it. And she was like, uh, okay, you can dance. Uh, so there's the fight song where, you know, the cheerleaders dance in the middle of the field with um, the band behind them yeah. and then player intros which is when you make the tunnel. So she's like, you can do it for that. And then that's it. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I was running back into the tunnel to change. And she like grabbed me by my dino tail and was like, no, the fans love it. You can stay in it. And I was like, yes, victory. So uh, it turned out, we were like, ooh, this is either gonna turn out funny or like really bad. <laughs> like, John was like, I hope Patrick doesn't fire me. Um, <laughs> and it turned out okay, nobody got fired. And it was great. And it was uh, one of my favorite moments. And I, I like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't expect it to be anything, but it was such a blast and it was really fun just seeing all the fun reaction from people, just all the different kinds of reaction from people.
2: Romy, before I met you, the only thing I'd ever heard about you was that story when you came out onto the field in that giant dinosaur costume, and I was like, "Dang, I gotta meet this gal." And seeing some photos that you posted on your Instagram of it, I'm like, "I love it.
0: I, I got to be this girl's best friend." Oh my gosh, BFFs, yeah. No, I like, I'm like, if that's the one thing I'm remembered for, that would be amazing. <laughs> I just, you know, it's like such a harebrained idea because I just am like a, I'm, I'm like that. I'm always like coming up with weird ideas and I can't believe it actually like went through. It was funny. I was watching one of the videos the other day and it was the first time that I was like, wow, I can't believe that's me. Like, I can't believe I actually did that. That is just, I'm so glad I did that. Like that's so, I don't know. It almost feels far enough away now that I was like, I can't, I don't know. how I actually have no idea how I danced in it.
1: When people ask me like, Hey, do you know Romy Bean? like, what do you think about her? I'm always like, she is the most, amazing person because she is 100% herself all the time. And you are literally the best kind of weird. And I love
0: you for it. I love that you understand that I'm weird and that, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm weird. People are like, no, you're not. No, I'm weird. But like, you know, in an okay way. So <laughs> you're the best. are the just, best. way. And the best are the way. Best.
1: Okay. Before we get into this week's big win over the Patriots and a little Broncos chiefs talk first, how did you go from T-Rex Cheerleader on the sidelines for Broncos games to now on the sidelines as the CBS4 sports reporter. Well, not on the sidelines this year, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, right. I know. Far away in my glass cubicle this year. Um, I you know what? It's kind of a strange story. So I I didn't go to journalism school. I always I always um loved it though, and I sh- and I should have, which by the way, I didn't realize you went to see you. Heck yeah. Uh, somebody told me that today, and I was like, how did I know that? Um <laughs> but I got into business school and I was like, I should go to business school. It's it's smart. I don't know. Um, And I like did all sorts of, I did marketing, I did sales and it was all fine, whatever. Um, And then I, so I was, a, a, I had two stints as a cheerleader. My first time around, I did it through college. And then I moved to California after college. And I, when I moved back, um, I was like, what do I want to do with my life? I don't know. And I had this idea that I kind of want to try out for Broncos again. And like, you know, my, my mom was like, aren't, 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 we like past that? Like, you know, and I was just like, I don't know. I just feel like I have so much more that I want to want to give in that regard. And, and then I really missed, like, I missed so much the community part and, and the armed forces tours and all the things we got to do besides everything on the field. Um, and so I just, I felt like, the first time I tried out, I was 18, um, which is like crazy to think about now because I was just that baby. Uh, but so then, so I did it till I was like 20, 23, um, and then when I tried out again, I must have been like 27 or 28. So I, it's it doesn't seem that far apart, but it totally is on that kind of a team and experiencing it as a young 18, 19 year old, and then experiencing it all again, 27, 28. Um, It was very cool for me because I think I got to appreciate different things and I got to explore different things. And there's always like on the team on DBC, there's there's girls that are the incredible dancers. And, you know, and then there's I mean, everyone's beautiful, but, you know, everyone kind of has different skill sets and they all come together to kind of make one collective whole. There's really not a ton of girls that love going out and doing public speaking, even though everyone's like really bubbly and really fun a lot of girls really don't like it. And a lot of girls are like, no, I don't, I don't want to do the TV thing. I don't want to do any of that. Um, I happen to be one of those people. I really liked it. Um, and so Shauna and whoever the directors always kind of look for like the two or three girls that oh, those can be the girls I send out on my, you know, TV and radio hits. These are the girls I send out on, you know, dance things, on whatever, whatever, whatever. And so it kind of, I kind of became that way and I started doing a lot of the TV, a lot of the radio hits um, and so I started kind of getting to know people more that way, and then it really was Andy Lindall, my guy, Andy Lindall, the best. Who who Love who took a sh- the best, right? He he really took a chance on me. He um, I I did an interview with him because no one had ever taken five years off and then tried out for cheerleading again because it's it's like a young woman's sport. It's like football, you know. Um, and so so like that was the whole kind of premise of the interview. Was like it's pretty ballsy to want to try out again, like that many years later. And so I did it and had a great interview. And he was like, you know what? You're you're pretty pretty good at this. And I was like, this is actually what I've always wanted to do. So he's like, Hey, you know, I'll give you a hand. You can come. I can't pay you anything. We can't hire you, but you can come and see everything that goes on at radio. And I used to go over there after practice and we'd record podcasts that went nowhere. Um, And (laughs) And, and I'm so grateful to him because it was out of the goodness of his heart. He let me come and kind of see his show and learn how, how the board was run and all these things. And, and I did it, you know, in my own spare time, if you will. But nonetheless, it was really, he was the one that was like, championed my cause kind of. Um, and from there, it, it all kind of unfolded. He, at one point, needed a new board op. So a board operator for his radio show. And he was like, I'm, you know, the guy that was wanted to help. And he'd always try and like, get me on air a little bit here, a little bit there. And it sort of slowly evolved from there. And then they started a new show with Ed McCaffrey and, um, and Andy brought me onto that. And it it kind of foiled from there. I started doing mornings at CBS um, and then I would do radio in the afternoon. And um, I was a cheerleader all the while, kind of in between. So it was good because I was kind of in all the facets and kind of really getting to know people. But as far as when I then really started full-time at CBS, I had n- <laughs> no idea uh how much i had to learn all the stuff i had done even for the morning like i would prep and it would i would have all this time you know i'd have the whole day before to prep everything i needed and so i remember my very first trip when i got hired with the combine and oh I mean, that whole like media gaggle at the combine is just absurd i mean it's crazy and then I didn't really know how TV worked. So they're like, all right, you got a hit at five at six. And then we need this for the morning and this for the radio. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like just, <laughs> I don't even know. I think back, I'm like, I don't even know. I just went on autopilot. I must've, I don't know. So it's been, um, it's been cool kind of learning in the fast lane. I have so much respect for, uh, you know, for you guys who have really done it, gone to journalism school and small markets. I, you know, I didn't um, do it that way. And so, in certain ways I, I feel really lucky. In other ways, I'm like, it it made that whole first year really crazy, but I have a lot of respect for everyone in this business because it's just hard. It's hard to stay in it. It's hard to get here. It's it like wears on you, but but it is also so gratifying at the end, you know? I absolutely love hearing
2: everyone's different stories to get to where they are because they're never the same. And Romy, I know what you mean by autopilot, because when I first started, I like to say that I black out during my hits because after I'm done with them, I won't remember a single thing that I just said.
0: Right. It's like, what, what happened? I actually, my first, oh my gosh, my first, so my first season we traveled and Michael, Michael Spencer um, and I do, we switch off um, games. And the first game I was at, it was the Balt- it was a Baltimore game. And I literally ran into a concrete pole right before my live hit. And I'm pretty sure I was concussed besides <laughs> the fact that I was like so <laughs> nervous. I had no idea what came out of my mouth. I remember I came back, they're like, work on it um let's watch this and I was like yeah
2: well Romy you've really become a staple at training camp in the press box for home games tell us a little bit how this season has been different for you you know given all the COVID protocols that are in place now
0: you know it's so weird it it felt like felt like I was just starting to like get comfortable too with that role because the one thing as I transitioned from being a cheerleader into the media that was really hard for me was I mean, I was a, I was a cheerleader for the team. And then they're like, oh, you have to be not biased. And I'm like, what, really? So that, that was like, it was really difficult. And that whole, like, you know, kind of being taken seriously thing, et cetera, et cetera. it was, it was really difficult. And there was like a lot of pressure. And I, you know, I felt like coming into this year, I felt like I was kind of finally getting into my groove. It'd been around for a couple of years where people were like, okay, you know, she actually is interested in this and doesn't just like, want to be on TV, Um, and so, and that was like, has been a challenging journey. And so I was really excited for this season, just to feel like a little more confident in in my skin as, as a reporter and, and as a, you know, as a sports reporter and, and talking about the Broncos more as a sports person and less of the former cheerleader person. Um, and so this year is, haven't really got to experience it in that way. Um, because of that, because of all the COVID protocols and everything, but at the same time it's 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 kind of been really good i think it's it's challenged it's been really challenging to to like create unique stories because we're all getting you guys know we're all getting the same stuff we're all getting the same stuff from zoom and and the zoom takes away so much of the human emotion compared to when you're in the locker room and they just won or they just lost right like none of that's there and so you get a lot of these almost canned answers and so finding ways to Try and find a different angle than, than other people are taking um, has it's been, I think this year has really challenged me to do that. And I'm really grateful for that actually, because in other ways, you know, the Broncos are so great with access where it's, it's so easy to just get whatever story you need, you know? And um, so, especially like in training camp, normally we're going around talking to what, 15 guys, you know, off the field. And so all of those little aspects of really trying to find unique things, been a challenge this year but but it's kind of been fun i feel like you know you just got to take it for what it is uh like it it i don't know there there's just like kind of more of a, a separation which is i've taken getting used to more than anything i don't know but it also is like makes me appreciate all the times when we're running around like crazy a lot of things that we just like kind of took for granted before
2: yeah, it's definitely a weird year. And I know I can speak on behalf of all of us that we're just glad we finally got to see the Broncos and Patriots play the game this weekend. I honestly oh didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> but Romy, you know, going into that game, kind of what were your expectations for the Broncos
0: heading into that matchup? You know, it was so funny because it was, I the biggest thing I was wondering is like, okay, they've had two weeks to prepare. So is Bill Belichick though. So who who is going to, and I'll be honest, I thought, Bill Belichick is, there's like, he's got some crazy record about first and second year quarterbacks, like 22 and one, but I think it's 22 and two now um, because of Drew Locke. But yeah, he's got like this crazy success against uh, young quarterbacks. So for me, it was really more Bill Belichick versus the Broncos as opposed to the Patriots, you know? Um, And honestly, I was very pleasantly surprised. And in the sense of, I just, I thought Bill Belichick was going to do Bill Belichick things, but they... Big Fangio out-coached Bill Belichick, and that was awesome to see because, well, that's always great when the Patriots uh, go down. But yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest thing was seeing, even though there's still so much to work on, just Drew Lock being back, Philip Lindsay being back, this team just automatically felt like it had so much more of an identity. Um, and, and you could feel it, even though there's plenty to work on. You look at the drop passes, whatnot. But just having Drew Lock out there, I think the way he carries himself, this team responds to it. The defense, too, responds to it Um, because there were some plays where, you know, I mean, the defense was on point and they get fired up when they cause a turnover and the offense goes goes down and scores. The offense, you know, makes something of it. And I could just feel so much more energy and excitement from the team all around. And I think a lot of that stems from Drew Locke. And it was one of those things we're all kind of like waiting. What's he going to be like? And from the get go, I love the deep passes at the beginning. Uh, you know, he just has the swagger that guys respond. And obviously there's a lot more to that than being a successful starting quarterback, a lot more than just having that swagger, but be, having been here really since Peyton left, it was the first time I really had this like first eye view of how important it is to have a quarterback that thinks he's the guy that carries himself. Like he's the guy and carries everybody with him. And no one has done that, honestly, since Peyton. And it's remarkable how much of a difference that it makes. And even when Brett Ripon was out there and he did awesome, there was still like, there, there wasn't this feeling of, of cohesion of like, okay, of this is our team and this is where we're going. This really felt like this is Drew Locke's team. And you get start to get these pieces back. These guys just, they had so much more confidence. And to beat the Patriots like that it is huge. And like momentum games, it's a real thing. You know, they call it any given Sunday for a reason. You never know how that can catapult you going forward.
1: Did you at any point during those 17 days of Broncos and Patriots pregame coverage, did you ever think to yourself, you know what? I have a feeling that the Broncos are going to go into Gillette Stadium. They're not going to score a single touchdown and they're still going to beat Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots.
0: No. No. No, no. I mean that's crazy to think about. Even after, even at halftime, you guys, I was like, they need to score a touchdown, or you're not going to beat Belichick and the Patriots. I, you know, they have to. It's it's remarkable that they beat them by scoring real goals only. Because um, Brandon also, McManus is the goat. I always, I always say he's the honorary Super Bowl MVP. I oh yeah, tell him that. it really. Really gets his wheels, like. But you know, what's funny when, when Brandon got that pretty sizable contract for a kicker, uh, earlier in the year, there are people like, wow, well, you gotta give that money to Phil. You gotta give that money to Justin Simmons. But I mean, now you're seeing why, I mean, to have a kicker like that is you don't ever, I think, get a kicker thinking, oh, he's going to score all points, right? Because you want touchdowns, but to have a guy that's just automatic like that, not to mention get is better after you give him the money. I mean, it's, It's a win-win. Obviously, they have to score touchdowns. Obviously, I will say it, I thought they couldn't do it against the Patriots. You cannot beat the Kansas City Chiefs with just field goals. We know that, you know, you give Patrick Mahomes two minutes and he can put 14 points on the board. So that really has to take a step up. I mean, it was kind of, I don't know, in a way it was like this kind of galvanizing, energizing, fun thing, seeing McManus pull this off and seeing them beat the Patriots without scoring any touchdowns but you know you can't do that against the Chiefs. Uh, there's no chance. Defensively,
2: I mean, there's so many things to choose from here, but what impressed you the most about what the Broncos did to Cam Newton?
0: I got, like, I know everybody, everybody loves, like, a big flashy offense. I am, like, a defensive pearl. That's why the Super Bowl 50, that was, like, watching that defense was just a dream every week. It, I mean, it was unbelievable. But this last week, they really, and they kind of, Seemed like they got going during the Jets, but the Jets week and then against the Patriots, I really like that Vic Fangio brought more pressure. I know that's not necessarily the Vic Fangio style, though he, you know, he always has it in his back pocket. But I like that he has adapted, and I think the reason for so many years why he hasn't utilized that is because he's almost always got two incredible edge rushers. He doesn't have Von Miller this year, and so I like that he is right now adapting and making some changes there. Um, and it's fun. It's fun to see Cam Newton get taken down. It's, it's always fun to, to see uh, a defense that brings pressure. But I think the guy that really, well, there's a couple guys. First of all, Shelby Harris is just playing out of his mind. And it is so fun to watch Shelby, a guy that, you know, almost wasn't in this league a few years ago and now is just working his way to a big old pile of money. Best hands in the league, Shelby. Um, but him, Mike Purcell, I mean, when you see how Everyone talks about Vic Fangio being a defensive genius, and you can see it in how much he's brought out of Mike Purcell, another guy who got cut what, ten times by six different teams, um, and he is bringing out the absolute best in these guys because he just knows how to make them uh, the most successful. And uh, I, I really like that. But you know what? I got Michael Ojemudia. I gotta say, as a rookie, it's it's really hard to be in that spot because when he was getting burned earlier in the year, I was like, this could be an Isaac Adams situation. Those guys get. You almost get the yips. You know, it's really hard when you are getting torched, when you are getting picked on all game. Um, And he has just gotten better and better each week. And this guy is looking like he is going to be a star and to have a guy like that, be able to step up, especially, you know, we've talked about all the injuries, but to have a guy like that progressively step up each week, we're getting to the point in the year where the rookies are kind of either taking that next step or hitting that rookie wall. And, and I feel like Ojemudia is taking that next step. And that's been really fun to watch. Um, I think he's going to be a star in this league. So it's been fun seeing him and really just the whole defense. They were just flying around. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, making those little tackles, those um, that you need to make that they weren't necessarily making earlier in the year. And so whether that's just because they were diving better or they were beating the Patriots, whatever it was that the defense really had this this mojo going and the offense kind of had it too. And I give that back to drew and Phil Lindsay, you know, but just seeing these guys be comfortable in their roles, having fun. I think they were having a lot of fun, kind of mixing it up a little bit and putting a little more pressure on cam for some reason, it's always fun to sack cam. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I think Bradley Chubb is, I think the thing with Bradley Chubb too, is I, he's still not like full pre-injury Bradley Chubb. So to see him kind of take little steps each game, it is really exciting too, because I think that by the end of the season, I think he's going to be, um, I, I think he could get a double, like a double digit sack season. Honestly, I think he could, if he just keeps going up this way and uh, Malik Reed, what a blast to watch him too. Right. Super talented. Yeah. So it's nice to see that unit kind of come together, especially because a couple of weeks ago after Shaq Barrett came in town, like that was tough. Everyone's like, well, they get rid of Shaq Barrett, you know? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> there was reasons why, right. You know, and that wasn't, Gosh, it wasn't like an un- Shaq wanted to start, and we see why he wanted to start. He's earned himself that. But to see kind of the Broncos unit without Von Miller really start to get more powerful is, is, is good. Well,
1: instead of game balls, here on the snap, we give out snaps. Who are you giving your snaps to this week? Brandon McManus got the real game ball, but these are snaps, baby.
0: <sighs> this is so tough. But I'm going to give my snap to Philip Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> oh, a foul Now he didn't. I know he didn't get in the end zone, but his first game back rushes for over 100 yards, averaging 4.4 yards a carry. When you look at his game and Melvin Gordon's game in the Jets game, they both, I think they both ran for 23. Both had 23 carries. Phil 101 yards. Melvin 107 yards. Um, and obviously, Melvin had that long run at the end, right? So, but if you take away that long run, which you don't take away long runs, but if like just Phil's was consistent throughout this whole game. I think he was a huge piece of charging this team down the field. Every time you needed him, he got six yards, eight yards, nice chunk plays. Um, And to see him do that in his first game back, obviously, you know, that I don't think anyone was more excited to play football than Phillip Lindsay after being out for all that time. Uh, But, but he just provided just that consistency to get them and to keep driving them down the field. And of course there was some unfortunate drops, which I think will be corrected along the way. Um, but Phil really helped um, keep the team going. Even when there'd be you get bomb to Tim Patrick and then incomplete to Jerry Judy, right. Incomplete to Alberto. And so for Phil to kind of just be that consistent piece all the way down, all the way down. I think it's that's one of the reasons they were able to go on six straight scoring drives. Of course we need to fix the, finding the end zone problem, but Mm -hmm. Phil is just such a consistent piece of that offense and just his energy, his excitement, everything Uh, you know, him and drew are similar in that way, but, Nobody comes out and works harder than Philip Lindsay. Um, And, you know, he just, there's just something about him that just sparks up a team. So I'm going to give him my snaps. I hope he gets in the end zone uh, against the Chiefs. I'd like to see that. Maybe then he'd get two snaps. So I'll give him one snap.
2: (laughs) Sydney, who are you giving your snaps to this week? Oh, Alexis, you know, this is my favorite segment of our podcast yes, and Romy. I, I loved, loved your choice for snaps, but I think I'm going to give my snaps to someone we talked a little bit about earlier, Malik Reed. Like we mentioned, the Broncos had a ton of big defensive plays on Sunday, but Malik's performance really stood out to me, especially his huge sack he had with what a minute left in the game. I remember, um, I was at Gillette stadium, so I remember just like sitting there kind of like biting my nails, um, in the stands because that was the Patriots last drive. And you know, the momentum really shifted there, but it was kind of like a sigh of relief. when I saw Malik take down cam, so he also had another sack earlier in the game. That was his first sack of the season. And then that was his first multi-sack game of his career. So my snaps are going to Malik. I like that one.
1: That's a really good one. I'm going to go ahead and give mine this week to a guy that you mentioned earlier, Romy, and that is Michael OJ Mudia as a rookie. I just feel like it is so important to continue growing and he's growing and he's learning as he's going. Like we mentioned that Steelers game earlier in the year was a rough game for him. Ben Roethlisberger picked on him just Mm, so much mm. throughout that game. It was so frustrating. And to really see the second effort that we saw from him, James Palmer mentioned this on Broncos beat yesterday. Like he might not have made the play initially but he followed up and he made another play to make sure that that play that was initially made didn't stand. So mm-hmm. it was really great to see the second effort. Uh, like James mentioned to yesterday, like that is coached. So as much as these are snaps for Michael OJ Mutia, these are also for that coaching staff or Vic Fangio. Cause, cause that's a mentality that second effort and it's coached and it was really impressive. So shout out
2: to you, Michael OJ Mudia, keep it up. Keep it up ladies. I, like I love the snaps today. Great choices by both of you, but you know, obviously, the Broncos they have to build off this performance, especially with the Chiefs making their way to Mile High City this weekend, and it's looking like it might be another snow game for the Broncos and Chiefs. Which, personally, I am not ready for at all. <laughs> the Floridian and me cringes at the thought of snow in October. <laughs> but Romy, what do you remember about the last time Locke and Mahomes met in the snow?
0: I remember it was freezing. <laughs> um, I remember afterwards waiting to do my live shot on the field and just freezing. Um, so yeah, I remember the cold the most. Actually, when we went with to with our little rental car, the whole thing was iced over. We had we, we took our like credit cards and we were like shaving off the ice off the front in the parking lot. So first and foremost, I remembered that it was really cold. Um, but then it was also what I remembered was that was a game where nobody gave Denver a chance. Um, and the way, that was kind of the first. We're like, oh yeah, Drew Lock's got some got some swag for sure, right? And the way that he um, the way that he just like led that team, kept fighting, it, it was super impressive. And uh, I just remember that was one of those wins or er, those games where you were like, weren't even upset that the Broncos didn't win. You know, you were just excited about the potential of what Drew Lock could bring to this organization now it's funny almost a year later we have had this little we haven't been able to see drew very much so i'm very happy that drew is going to be in this game to see what it he how he plays against um i keep wanting to call him andy Locke. and andy, and andy reed team oh his dad's name is andy isn't it yeah it is okay um but how he plays against an Andy Reed team. Now that Andrew Reed has seen him now that Andy Reed has tape on him, right. To see how he comes out because that kind of game, it was fun. It was like he drew had nothing to lose because nobody expected anything. And it was a blast. And you know what? He kind of played like that though, the rest of that season. And he's kind of played like that in the first game here and last week too. So, so I hope that he comes back with that mentality cold or not. The cold clearly did not bother Patrick Mahomes. Last time. So you can't expect the cold to really bother either of these teams because they're used to it. Um, But the one thing that's interesting that I think will be interesting, guys, is that a lot of times in those cold weather games, the fans come through so much, right? You're freezing. You're like, oh my gosh, I just want to go home. You're trying to stay warm on the sidelines. So when these guys, when there's 76,000 people screaming for you, it's like a lot easier to get up and get rolling. So to see how these guys, when it gets a little tough, this, I think it's, it's going to be just harder when the weather gets crappy um, because there's just that excitement. is just not beaming in behind you. So I think that's going to be interesting. But I also think that, you know, the Chiefs are the one with the target on their back. Everybody wants to beat the Chiefs. So I think that coming off this, this Patriots win, this is huge, is a huge momentum boost. I think that the Broncos defense is really coming together. So um, I, I think that they are going to give them a hard time curious to see what it looks like. Cause with Le'Veon Bell in there, but you know, the Broncos run defense, I have so much confidence in, I believe they can shut down just about anybody. So can we keep up with Tyreek Hill and et cetera, et cetera. The chiefs are just so fast. So you wonder with the altitude and the cold weather, will that slow them down a little bit? Maybe, right. Maybe, maybe not, but you know, on the Broncos, too, guys have not no one's really played in a cold weather game either. So I feel like it's kind of going to be that first cold weather game for both teams. And so no one really has an advantage in that sense.
1: You mentioned that every team wants to beat the Chiefs and the Raiders. They slayed Goliath week five. They put up 40 Great. points by just running the ball. I did the math. Uh, Brandon McManus would have to make 14 field goals in order okay. to put up more than 40 points against the Chiefs. So we can all assume that that's not going to happen like you mentioned earlier, Romy. So who else in your mind this week really needs to step up in order to beat the Chiefs?
0: Really, that that receiver group. Uh, you know, the, Tim Patrick has really shown how much talent he has, and he is. He's a talented guy, man. He's, and, but someone in that room needs to take charge as the main guy. I know Cortland is the main guy, but Cortland's not there right now. So somebody's got to step up and I feel like for Tim Patrick, this is his opportunity to really step up and, and be that guy, be the reliable guy. I mean, he makes some great, great catches. Um, and also you look at Alberto, Jerry Judy, especially a guy like Jerry Judy. I think when you have a big drop, he seems like a guy that, you know, won't have another big drop again like that. He's probably been working on it, but everybody, they everybody has to step up the receivers. Cause when you really go back and you look at that Patriots game, I mean, at least three of those should have been touchdowns. Right. And those are, it's okay. You know, it's, it's early, it's rookie mistakes, but those guys got to step up because as they always say, nobody cares if you're a rookie in the NFL, that's why big Ben picked on Ojemudia the whole time. Nobody cares. You're in the big leagues now, you know, you don't get a pat on your shoulder for like a good try, right? You made it this far, you got to step up. And, And I think that the team being able to pull out a win, even with all that happening will, I just feel like that's going to make these guys work probably even harder, harder this week. Right. Um, but that's what really, I feel like where it's got to step up. The defense has been fantastic. The defense kept him in the game um, last week, you know, they kept him alive the whole time. So I think it's on the receivers on the tight ends it would be great if, you know, you get Noah Fant back out there. Um, but even if he can't, then you got to have Alberto, whoever it is has got to step up, you know, um, if Noah Fant's out there, it's a different story because he's really become kind of Mr. Reliable for Drew Lock too. So, that would be very helpful too. But the receivers in general, just they got to step up.
1: You mentioned Noah Fant, and it seems like right now this team is finally starting to get healthy and some key players might actually be back in the lineup on Sunday. So is it Noah Fant, who is that currently injured player that the Broncos need back most this week? Or is there someone else that this team could really benefit from having?
0: Uh, you know, I mean, it would be great if they could get AJ Boye back and then, you know, Bryce Cowling could move back over. That would be great. I don't know if he's, gonna be ready this week or next week but it looks like he's gearing up um but that that would be a big one and I'd say him and on defense it would be him and and on offense no offense absolutely because this you know it's the one funny thing about the NFL is teams have not figured out how to guard tight ends and teams just get burned week in and week out no matter what and it's like this it's funny because you watch it happen every year and the tight ends are just getting bigger and stronger and teams just can't can block him, And so the, you need a big guy like that, a guy where a defender thinks twice before, you know, when this guy's running at him downhill. Um, and so I think that, yeah, Noah fans back in. I think that changes the whole dynamic of the offense. That gives Jerry Judy more looks. That gives the younger guys more looks because more attention is going to be paid to Noah Fant. So uh, I hope he's back. I think he would be the biggest piece of the offense to come back.
1: Imagine 12 personnel, Noah Fant, Albert Okuebunam. The question is, are they going to say his name right this week? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, Fingers, we say we good. try to get in an old Albert Okuwebunam drop like every single episode of the snap just as a little bit of a flex. So let's all I'm just say it, it
0: together. Okuwebunam. Oh, we were saying it so slow. I didn't know we were saying it so slow. We got it. I've been practicing since the draft. And so I said that in like <laughs> my show on Saturday night and the, the um, floor director was like, oh man, you had some confidence saying that. I was like, I have been practicing since the draft. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> when he got drafted, I was like, huh? but it's really easy. And, and if ever anyone needs to know, just check out his Twitter. He literally spells it out phonetically oh, okay. on his Twitter. A super Which- easy way to look at it. So nice of him to do that too. So nice of him, right? Well, ladies, I think it's safe to say
2: we're all happy. We just got the win on Sunday and are now coming off two wins as we head into that tough Chiefs matchup. Definitely momentum the guys will need. Romy, thanks so much for coming on the snap today. It was a pleasure as always.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. This was the best ever. Um, I'll be better next time. I'm sure I babbled and level and level. So I'll be better <laughs> next time. You were amazing.
1: <laughs> And we can't wait for best. next time.
0: Yes. So you're saying there's a next time.
1: Absolutely. All right, guys, that is all the time we have for this edition of The Snap. Another big thank you to Romy Bean for joining us here on The Snap. We will see you guys right back here next Wednesday, hopefully for another post-Win Wednesday.